Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune into the Trade Addicts podcast. Thank you and enjoy your podcast. Yeah. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the play, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight. Back and forth, there is no order, they disorder more and more. Because the players ain't no older, they some hoarders or some mortars. Dropping bombs without no borders, they got that I like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name's Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. My co-host Jake Anderson at Jake Anderson FF on Twitter um, is still not available and neither is everyone else. Obviously it's Thanksgiving week and where everyone's able to accept the future exists before it's immediate, except for me. Um, I got a lot of replies to request me on a podcast this week um, pointing the fact out that they'd actually be enjoying Thanksgiving, not talking about fantasy football with me for 30 minutes. So um, just me this week, I thought I'd record something, just a small episode for anyone who was looking for a little bit of fantasy football content on um, this day of American Thanksgiving um, and leave off. I do have a few people re- interested in coming on the show, so we might finish out the season really strong here. Um, mostly because of my uh, the request I sent out this week, so at least some good came of it. Um, maybe, hopefully, who knows? Um, so I thought I'd just look at some recent player trends, um, some interesting players, at least one at each position that might go overlooked or underrated based on what happened last week, um, and try and leave on a high note, as you know we always try and do here at the Dynasty Crossroads. So um, to start off. Uh, I just wanted to look at um, some player trends based on my um, the, the data I collect from my DLF target share article, which I guess uh, I'm probably going to have to write today, I just realized. Um, but looking at the running backs who have increased in, target, in uh, snap share for running backs the most um, based on what happened last week, Miles Sanders, Brian Hill, Patrick Lard, I guess, um, of Miami fame, and Jonathan Williams and Benny Snell. Now, some of those names aren't a big shock um, most of them aren't very interesting because we understand why most of them happened everyone knows about Jonathan Williams and the injury to Marlon Mack so on and so forth Patrick Laird Lard 
I prefer lard. Um, actually increased by 29% of snaps last week. Now, it was a disappointment. Now, I think mostly uh, the DFS start, Patrick Laird, Lard, um, talk was just uh, facetious joking around for anyone who fell into it. But it was significant that he jumped up to 37% of the snaps, only a 2.4 target share. I don't think he's ever going to be relevant in, rele- in regular fantasy leagues, dynasty or not. And Miles Sanders' increase in snaps is good, a good thing, but I expect him to bounce back down. Last week he was up to 84% of snaps, and his season-long average is around 47. He did jump up to a 12% target share as well. Um, and again, he he has an interesting dual role, you know, he's not quite fulfilling the promise we thought he might have on the Philadelphia Eagles, but still viable uh, top 24 running back weekly and also in Dynasty. Now, the name that strikes me the most in this is actually Brian Hill, because he's yesterday's news at this point. He only had 5.7 fantasy points last week on a 59% um, snap share and 7.7% targets. He was the leading target running back as well last week. Um, he's been disappointing, but his current workload is actually interesting, especially going in um, to a game against New Orleans, which is meant to be the highest, uh, the highest scoring game of the Thanksgiving slate. Um, New Orleans is facing Atlanta with a 48-point game total, according to Vegas. Uh, again, it's meant to be the highest scoring game. So if you're looking for an under-the-radar or underrated play um, in your Thanksgiving DFS lineups, I actually think Brian Hill might be... Low expectations, but possible upside there. Um, just a thought from a terrible DFS player, though. Um, Benny Stell and Rashad Penny are obviously uh, the two big waiver wire pickups this week. Um, probably ran by the time you're listening to this anyway. Um, I don't think it would be a surprise to anyone that I'm leading um, Rashad Penny pretty heavily, because, you know, any kind of redemption story for Rashad Penny at this point is just um, all, all, all gravy in my records book. Um, Benny Snow actually had a slightly higher t- uh, snap share. And the reason I talk about snap share with running backs, just in case anyone missed it, snaps are actually more predictive of fantasy points than anything else for running backs on a week-to-week or year-to-year basis. Um, workload is everything for running back. To give you some perspective, though, um, you know, Miles Sanders getting 84%. That's really the type of uh, snap share we want for a running back we're excited to insert into our lineup. Brian Hill getting 59%. Top 24 upside is the max. You can really hope for that kind of um, time share or that kind of workload share. So Penny and Snell both had underwhelming in terms of workhorse back snap shares last week, but we know there's more context to that story both with injuries and underperformance for James Conner and Jalen Samuels. Um, And then Rashad Penny's case, Chris Carson fumbled again, something he's been having a lot of trouble with this season. Um, And the Seahawks turned towards their number one uh, draft pick from last year. Now, I actually think it's fairly worrying, especially given the way the Seahawks have managed this situation, that Rashad Penny played on less snaps than Chris Carson. The fact that the bulk of his work came after a Chris Carson fumble, and the fact that Rashad Penny did fantastic with the work, as he's done with all his touches in the NFL, despite what Jake is muttering under his breath right now, he, he's been good on the workload he's gotten. The problem is he hasn't earned a larger workload, which I'm less concerned with that running back, because running backs have less opportunity to actually earn. Um, their workload. It's more, I, I think of it as more given at the NFL level. So, do I think they could go back to Chris Carson this week? Yes, definitely. He's been a great running back and it's definitely someone I should have been. And I think right now we should be higher on in Dynasty as well. 
but there is um the problem is a it, it's a Philip Lindsay problem in um Denver as well they have a decent running back behind them um with more draft capital um you historically teams will eventually slide that way is that going to happen for the rest of the season uh, for a sharp penny i don't know probably not because uh, like i say chris Carden's really good and the seahawks have shown how they want to manage this situation fairly fairly concretely and um, but he is my highest ag so i think he has the most ep- upside benny snell's mu- not much of a pass catcher even though he actually had a larger target share last week um, in Pittsburgh than Rashad Penny did for the Seahawks. Um, but again, see, uh, Penny really only got his opportunity in half the game there. So, and, and Benny Snow has Jalen Samuels, who despite his underperformance is still a very decent pass catcher. Chris Carson, while good, is not uh, an exceptional. Um, but then again, neither is Rashad Penny. They're, they're both just good. So, um, There's a little swings and roundabouts here. I don't think if this game matters, Rashad Penny isn't a start unless you're really desperate. Um, or unless you're just throwing caution to the wind like I am with my uh, Scott Fishball team and I'm rolling out McHugh, Harry, and Rashad Penny just for the just for the lulls at this point. Um, but anyway, those are the two most interesting ads off the waiver wire this week, in my opinion. Um, and it has dynasty implications, especially at the running back position going into 2020. I think both of them could be more interesting depending on what happens at the end of the season here. Now, the wide receiver position, um, the players who increased in target share the most last week, um, uh, James Washington, Sterling Shepard, Alex Erickson, interestingly, who, uh, who does see some spikes every now and again in Cincinnati. Terry McClellan, Will Fuller, and we know the reason for that is that he's healthy again, and when he's healthy, he's good. And Deontay Johnson, again, coming back from injury, it's no surprise his target share looks to have spiked up in a single-week sample. But also Jacoby Myers, and jumped up. This is a player that uh, we liked a lot, um, especially this season, especially after Rochelle Penny went on IR. I think he's one of those undrafted free agents to keep your eye on. Someone that, when the role is available, is capable of earning his own and doing well with it, um, like he did last week. Now, interestingly, over the last two weeks, um, Nikhil Harry has started to get targets again. Last week, um, they scored a touchdown on his very first target and reception. Um, of of the game, I think it happened in the first few minutes. So Nikhil Harry is finally starting to do something in 2019, which is good. I need him to do something to keep the faith alive and um, going forward in his career. And um, and through f- two games after coming off the IR here, he's starting to do it. Four targets in both games is actually positive. I need him to keep it up. Obviously, we need him to keep it up, especially since I'm going to be buying him and interested in him regardless, no matter what happens. Um, I would like to see more positive things. However, Jacoby Myers um, being on this depth shot too as an interesting player is probably more immediately um, interesting based on his target share last week. He spiked up to 22%. Um, again, wide receivers aren't really ads at this time of year, but desperation, it, it's more of a dynasty thought um, than a desperation start. There are always good wide receiver options pretty much in every league, even in dynasty. Um, and frankly, Myers is more likely to be owned in a dynasty league. So still, it's some, it's a bug I wanted to put in the air. Jordan Matthews actually spiked up as well, but then was immediately dropped. I really don't know what's happen, happening with Jordan Matthews. He gets picked up, becomes the most targeted wide receiver on his team, and then dropped. Like, the Eagles just did it, and they were the first team to trade him away. So I, I don't know what's going on. It's not like he did great in his targets, but the fact he earned them, to me, means that whatever injury concern was meant to be underlying this is kind of 
it feels somewhat of a mystery to me. Uh, Cole Beasley is the other player um, who increased in target share last week uh, significantly. John Brown actually dropped, uh, which is where, I guess, some of the target pool um, shifted from, even though targets don't work like that with that. Wow, I'm not going to go on that ramp right now. Um, but that's what happened. John Bam was targeted less and Cole Beasley was targeted more. But this season, and as I mentioned weeks and weeks ago, um, Cole Beasley is a really good um, wide receiver 2, wide receiver 3 this season. Consistently has been, especially during the stretch run that Buffalo have going on right now. Um, I don't expect him to get a 37% target share every week. Um, but I do think it's an interesting start, especially, again, uh, on that thick... Uh, on that Thanksgiving Day slate, um, they're in the second most uh, projected game, according to Vegas, um, for the Thursday games. Um, Buffalo and Dallas might be the more interesting game in some ways than Atlanta and New Orleans. It's not That game isn't in New Orleans, for example. We know New Orleans games can always fall down when they're not in the Dome. Um, but uh, just in general, Dak Prescott, is able to put up uh, he, where well, he's got more expected points um, this season than Drew Brees or, or any of the quarterbacks in these four teams combined. He's been playing really well um, the last few weeks. It seems to have faltered a little bit, but even Buffalo uh, has the potential of uh, having a higher scoring game, even though their quarterback isn't on the level of the other two. So if you're playing DFS, I'm actually really interested in Dallas um, this week. It's it's uncomfortable for me um, in Thanksgiving games. I always play a Thanksgiving slate just because I, I want to be involved in the Thanksgiving game, frankly. Um, but I, I normally like to focus Detroit. That's where my tradition comes in, where I always started Calvin Ridley, uh, sorry, Calvin Johnson every every Thanksgiving. The last year and now this year I can't, and it's kind of depressing. Detroit's involved in the lowest score, projected to be lowest scoring game of the Thanksgiving slate. It's got a 39 point total. And to put that in perspective, um, based on the line, Chicago's a favorite and is projected to get 20 points, um, well, 20.7 points. And Detroit's projected to get 18.2 points. So you're talking a couple of touchdowns, maybe for each team as the upside, according to Vegas. Um, but I do like to think that uh, Detroit can surprise on Thanksgiving, but. Without Matthew Stafford and without Calvin Johnson, there's a little to get excited about. Although Marvin Jones um, has had a consistently high target share this season over the last three weeks, it's increased significantly. Um, and Kenny Galladay should bounce back after last week. Um, honestly, the wide receiver on that slate, um, one of the wide receivers I'm most interested in is actually Julio Jones. Disappointing last season. I'm hoping to see him spike back up in the highest scoring game on the slate. Um, but we'll see. We'll have to see how that goes. Uh, this isn't a DFS podcast. I don't know how I got caught up in that conversation. Um, uh, according to uh, um, the trends of target share, which is where I started this, a player that I'm really interested in and was when he first came out as a rookie too is James Washington. The constant uh, nag for him has been on the field watching him play. He seems to have a lower level of poor skills, frankly, at the NFL level that we'd like. Um, and so I started to buy into that, especially since we're getting to the end of his third year now, um, which is definitely the last year. I, you know, we really have a lot of hope for them breaking out to top twenty-four fantasy relevance. Um, but over the last three weeks, he's averaged, uh, what, what did he average over the last three weeks? About 23% of the target share. He had 38% of the targets um, in week 12. Deontay Johnson actually had 33%. So the target share in Pittsburgh is really narrowing down. Um, lack of upside uh, because of Big Ben. 
obviously, or, or the quality of play of the team in general. Um, but James Washington has consistently had some pretty decent targets over the last three weeks and definitely seems to be solidifying as at least a number two slash one to Deontre Johnson as long as Juju Smith-Schuster's out. And as we saw last week, um, and I think it was from two different quarterbacks because someone tagged in just for that one pass to James Washington. Um, but my memory's fuzzy on that. Um, uh, he is capable of making those big plays, which is really what he excelled in a lot um, in college as well. So that kind of makes sense. If you're looking for a big play receiver, I don't know why he would be at this point in the season. But if you are, I think James Washington is interesting to watch. Uh, as an example of the conundrum that this uh, can create or where I think we are in Dynasty or in Redraft heading into the playoffs... Um, a lot of the teams I'm helping with have James Washington because I noticed a trend and that there was a potential for increased targets. And so we added him. But this week we're starting to think about adding second defenses, second tight ends, adding more backup running backs. And honestly, I think it's fine to drop a big play receiver with James Washington's issues to do one of those moves. But it's really uncomfortable coming off a week where he had um, really high production in fantasy football um, with 18.8 points in PPR leagues so I understand keeping him but he's normally the lowest wide receiver on your depth chart so it's okay to think about dropping him we're, we're thinking about dropping him we'll have to see how the waivers run and to make one of those you know future looking smart playoff moves um, but it is really tough um, just in case you hadn't noticed James Washington as well it, it, is, it is a trend to note here at the end of the season for Dynasty as well um, at the tight end position, uh, the players have increased the most in target share. Caden Smith in San Francisco. I really, I really think that's just a one-week spike. I, I, I don't know anything about Caden Smith, so I'm going to leave it alone. Uh, Jacob Hollister increased by 10%. I again, I think that's uh, based on them coming off their bye. Um, Zach Ertz, Jared Cook, um, Tyler Higby, and Dallas Goddard. Um, last week, we were right that the tight end position for Philadelphia was an interesting area to target, but it ended up mostly being Zach Ertz and a lot less um, Dallas Goddard, although Dallas Goddard still got 8.2 points um, in PPR league, so he continues to be a sustainable level of decent fantasy production um, at the tight end position. Remember, 7 points is getting you in the top 12 these days. Uh, at the tight end position, so Dallas got it still an every week starter if uh, that's the guy you managed to find off the waiver wire, which he is in a lot of my leagues. Um, Zach Ertz did spike up last week at 35% of the targets. Again, that should normalize. Zach Ertz clearly, his role is clearly defined, even when the emergence of Dallas got it as good and valuable for fantasy in an every week start, but it's not stopping us starting Dallas got it. That's what I'd say about that situation. The name that I think is most interesting, the one name from the tight end position, and we were excited about him coming off his bye, and then he underperformed with 4.2 fantasy points, but Jacob Hollister did still have 19% of the targets last week. And on this offense, even though 90% isn't a lot for a Seahawks offense, that doesn't translate into a lot of individual targets. And his role itself did sustain after their bye week. He's still um, a really high-targeted player, in other words, on, the, on a very powerful offense. Now, going into week 13, they're actually up against Minnesota, which uh, actually does encourage um, uh, targets to the tight end position, according to my adjusted target share allowed. So looking at the target share changes for teams of the last five weeks and how they've changed while facing that defense. If we look at Minnesota... 
what we find is that uh, Minnesota encourages targets to the wide receiver and tight end position about 2 or 2.5% more than their opponent's average while facing them. And so we can expect a little volume to the tight end position for the Seahawks going into week 13. However, if we look at fantasy, um, oh, sorry, four for fours metric of adjusted fantasy points allowed, so how well players actually do in fantasy points, it's actually a fairly terrible matchup for fantasy points. But I, I like the fact that the volume's there for a player who's already getting volume. If he's the guy you've got to stream, I'd feel really comfortable trying that this week. Um, but just be aware it's a tough matchup that might get more volume, uh, perhaps because Minnesota and C- the Seahawks both encourage um, scoring. They're both capable of putting up points. Um, but uh, as always with these kind of tie-ins, you're just hoping for a touchdown. But I, I do think Jacob Hollister's in the running to be that guy this week. Um, so don't tilt too hard of the fact that coming off their bye week, Hollister didn't put up massive fantasy points. He's still got that significant role on a powerful offense, and I think that's interesting as well. And some other players I wanted to note, um, Ryan Tannehill is scoring phenomenally well since uh, taking over the quarterback position in Tennessee. It's not translating well into wide receiver points, although A.J. Brown continues to be an ad and an interesting target in dynasty leagues. But the offense still is definitely very much running through the running game still. And Derek Henry is a you know, top 12 running back some weeks and a really powerful play every week. Um, uh, the running back position, but Ryan Tannehill, uh, he, he's scoring rushing yards and rushing touchdowns, which you know is part of what he did with Miami as well. Like um, He's not droppable. If you're adding a second quarterback maybe to play keep away or as a streaming option in your playoffs, Ryan Tannehill's scoring really well. I'm hoping he's not your option one, but I, th- I think he's in the top five since becoming, every week, since becoming the starter because of his rushing upside. Again, I don't expect him to keep doing that, but um, you almost have to hold on to him um, based on how he's scoring, even if you don't have to start him because you've got uh, Lamar Jackson on your roster or whatever else. Um, he's, he's probably a pretty good player to play keep away or or playoff streaming with as well. Um, and the last one I wanted to mention, going back to the Seahawks, DK Metcalf, uh, just to make Jake happy on this this is fine Thanksgiving Day week, um, he's actually taking over the target share over the last three weeks. Now, obviously, they had their buy in week 11, but if we go back to week 9, he's actually averaged about 27% of the targets for the Seahawks, whereas uh, Tyler Lockett's actually lost about 11% of his target share compared to his season average. He's actually averaging about 21% of targets, and last week it fell to 9 and in week 10, it was down to 12. If tr- this trend is stable, then DK Metcalf is actually the leading wide receiver of the Seahawks right now. Um, last week, again, he's one of those players that disappointed in fantasy points, but he's got the role on a powerful offense, um, and that's a possible edge. Uh, and DK Metcalf is one of those James Washington-type ads that can drop to the waiver wire, so um, worth checking out. Um, in redraft leagues, maybe. Um, and it continues to be encouraging news for DK Metcalf if he's earning a, the larger target share role in Cincinnati, in Seattle. Sorry. Now, I continue to think Tyler Lockett is going to be the guy, but DK Metcalf is doing nothing but impress in this rookie season. And based on the uh, points he had last week, at least, I tend to think everyone uh, only cares about fantasy points. And my, my, hopefully I'm wrong about that. But um, DK Metcalf only scored 6.5 fantasy points last week, 
but he had 28% of the targets. So when Seattle's scoring, DK Metcalf should continue to score with them, in other words. Um, and based on fantasy points, at least, some people might overlook that, especially on Thanksgiving week, um, where they're not paying attention. So there's still probably a pretty decent um, dynasty buy window if you're interested in it. Uh, and he makes an interesting wide receiver three starts. Now, there is that downside, as we saw last week, with a player like DK Metcalf, or just with an offense like the Seahawks. Um, perhaps that's a fairer way of saying it. Um, but I want to let you guys know that he, he's not only earning a significant role over the last three weeks. In fact, we can stretch that to the last four weeks. If we average it out, he's still averaging more target share than Tyler Lockett. And um, I think Tyler Lockett might have been injured recently. Uh, my memory's failing me, sorry. Um, but whatever it is, uh, DK Metcalf seems to be um, earning the lead role right now, and that's interesting. Um, another guy on that list of players that might go underlooked this week based on what happened um, I mentioned Brian Hill's kind of yesterday's news and that his, tar- his snap share isn't quite where we want it, but he's, he is actually getting the majority of the role in Atlanta. Now, looking at the projections for different sites while making my own this week, Brian Hill had dropped and some of those ancillary running backs have been bumped up. But that's mostly based on trying to read the situation. Brian Hill did badly, as far as I can see, anyway. Brian Hill did badly, maybe someone else will get more work. Maybe, but I tend to think running back uh, teams just decide who gets the workload more than it's about performance, more than earning it or losing it. In other words, um, this week they're going up against uh, New Orleans. Like I said, New Orleans actually encourages targets to the running back position. And Brian Hill, like I mentioned, is a leading running back target since he took over the role, since Devontae Freeman got injured. So if Devontae Freeman is on IR, continues to be injured. And Brian Hill, while he doesn't have perhaps the upside some people hope for, he's the leading running back in Atlanta right now, going up an offense, which has actually given up very few fantasy points over the last three weeks to running backs. Interestingly enough, Atlanta's become, um, sorry, New Orleans has become a tough opposition for running backs, but they are, because of the nature of the games perhaps, or whatever target share allowed is able to tell us, targets are funneling more um, to the running back position uh, than they are the wide receiver or tight end position. In fact, the wide wide receivers up against New Orleans are actually getting 7% less than over the last five weeks than the team's average when they go up against New Orleans and the tight end running backs are getting a boost. So again, as a real deep hope, uh, if you had to, I wouldn't just, I wouldn't drop Brian Hill just yet. Um, and I wouldn't mind riding the wave if if I've got a real question running back two and it's Brian Hill or Patrick Lard, for example. I'm probably starting Brian Hill. Um, I'd probably start Penny and Snell over both of them, but there you go. All right, um, so that's the fo- fantasy football talk, right? I, I, men- I mentioned some names and talked about statistics, at least droned on while you were, you know, enjoying, uh, en- enjoying the aftermath of your Thanksgiving turkey, maybe. Um... This week, uh, DLF asked us to write what we were thankful for instead of doing any of the corny stuff, which is true, but why, why do we have to say it, that we're all grateful for each other and the community and all of that, Lark? Uh, what I pointed out was that I'm really grateful for second-year wide receiver breakouts because I really don't stop thinking about this stuff. Um, but DJ Moore, Michael Gallup, even DJ Chark, 
Christian Kirk, we've got four second-year wide receivers, all averaging 23% of targets or more and 14 points per game or more over the last five weeks. These guys have hit. They've not just hit, they've broken out and taken over some significant placements in the top 24. Like, I think, um, as I've mentioned in a few different ways on the last few podcasts, with the increasing value of the 2020 picks and the disappointment in wide receivers this year, I don't think this is being... Uh, I don't think people are unaware of it, but I think we can buy these guys cheaper than we could buy most breakout wide receivers right now. And so they're really what I'm thankful for in Dynasty right now. And and players I'm really trying to add in Dynasty, especially if I'm more looking towards next year. So I thought I'd drop that on this episode as well. All right. Um, uh, thanks for coming to the Crossroads. If you did, if you didn't, you can't hear me. So um, let's, just call, let's just call those guys some funny names, I guess. Um, I really appreciate it. Really appreciate all the support me, the Dynasty Crossroads, DLF, and Jake have gotten this season from all of you guys. I really am thankful for it. I'm really thankful to be here. Um, so that's what I'm actually thankful for. Just to, just don't tell anyone, okay? Really, it's it's the second year wide receiver breakouts if anyone asks. Um, so thanks again, and we will talk to you next week. Um, or as soon as everyone's finished eating their Thanksgiving dinner and able to come on podcasts again, um, I'll get a guest on here and we'll have another great episode. Thanks again, guys. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for coming to Crossroads. Bye. You're at the Dynasty Crossroads that film and analytics create. The Dynasty Crossroads that Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape. It's the Dynasty Crossroads where film is everything. The Dynasty Crossroads where numbers are the king. There may not be consensus, but we'll give you everything.